and welcome back to the Carwick Podcast. It is episode 14, and we're, this is going to be a big one, actually, and we're starting with uh, motorsport news. Yeah, so while we've been away on our three-week hiatus, uh, there have been two uh, F1 Grand Prix recently, the Brazilian Grand Prix and the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, closing out the 2019 season on F1. I'm sad. I think everyone else is who's yep. in F1. <laughs> what I do now. But let's start with a recap on Brazil. Not a lot really to go off on qualifying. Um, in Q1, Carlos Sainz had a few engine issues, which meant he's had to start P20 dead last. But as we'll get on to later, not really a <laughs> not problem. problem. <laughs> and then uh, Q3, it was just Max on pole, Vettel first, second, and then Hamilton third. Leclerc got fourth, but he had to take a 10-place grid penalty due to power unit changing, so he started 14th. So we had two people to really watch coming through the field. Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Uh, as we get into the race, literally straight into the first turn, Hamilton's already overtaken Vettel. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of pointing out that Ferrari may have been cheating with their fuel flow issues no. that, pe- that uh, Red Bull stated? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, ever since whenever Charles Leclerc won, uh, last won, they haven't really been the same, have they? They haven't been after that. Their power has been a lot down recently, and it's just... There's something going it's, on. It looks suspect to me, really. As much as I am a big Ferrari fan and I like Charles Leclerc, but it just looks suspect when you compare how yeah. how they were after the summer break to how they are now. But yeah, uh, and then later on in the race, I, the midway starting the midpoint of this race wasn't the most interesting. It's towards the end when this race picked up, but we did have a little bit of. Uh, Drama, Ricardo and Magnussen coming together, which caught, which gave uh, Ricardo a five-second time penalty. I watched the video of it. He's just tried to dive bomb Magnussen, and yeah. it hasn't gone right, and he's just tapped him and spun him out. Yeah, so, took a risk, didn't he? Yeah, it was, race, it was one of them moves. He was going to get a penalty for it. He knew he was going to get a penalty mm-hmm. for it. but Sometimes it does look like Ricardo's trying to drive that Renault like it's the Red Bull that was always in by trying to dive bomb yeah. him. All the time. He needs to, he, the, either Renault needs to get better brakes yeah. to accustom <laughs> for Ricardo, or he needs he to realise that it is not the Red Bull. It is not the chassis calibre of mm. a Red Bull. But... Because you just see him dive bombing the red He's just like, oh, he's messed that up again. I'm gonna say, like, <laughs> any time he dive bombed someone in a rebel, you was a hundred percent sure he was gonna make that move stick, like mm. no matter what. But in the Renault, it's oh. he's dive bombing again. Mm. Is it gonna work? <laughs> Close sure. your eyes. <laughs> Close your eyes and pray, everyone. <laughs> uh, and then after that, Max Verstappen it was the first round of pit stops. Red Bull did a blinding pit stop again yeah. as they normally do, because. They just, just seem on to be, point. they just seem to be on point. I think they won the award at the end of this year for the most fastest pit stops of the season. Like Well deserved. I was going to say, <laughs> for some of them pit stops, they're just blindingly quick. Uh, but during his pit stop, he's been released. He had a really quick pit stop. And then Williams just sort of had a no-brain moment. <laughs> they just released Kubica straight in front of uh, Max Verstappen, nearly taking him out of the race. If, if you've seen the video, apparently he was just I'd, a few I'd revs watched, away from getting anti-stall mm, and then I'd, taking um, him out of the race. Yeah, I watched that that um, happen when I was watching the race. I was just like, what are <laughs> they thinking? How is that No one can understand what they were doing. They're, they're back marker cars. Kubitz is never going to overtake Russell anyway. Mm. I mean... Just wait and let Verstappen pass and then release Kubica, But What do they have to gain to just that little bit like earlier? What's the... They gained nothing, I don't exactly. think. I think Kubica still was last in the race. Hmm. Uh, and then this is where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. 
Bottas's engine had a few issues bringing out a safety car, even though Bottas put in probably the most safety location he could find on mm. the track. <laughs> mm. Have you seen the video of him when he's trying to get off the track? He's going over the bumps and he's just shaking yeah. all about in the car. He's, mm. He looks like he's having a fit. Yeah. <laughs> Good uh, on him, though. Uh, oh, yeah, he, yeah. Tried, he tried to just pull the car off in the safe space because I think Hamilton was leading at that point and mm. he just fought with his team. Uh, and then he watching um, Bottas go over the bumps and just watch his head shake about, like, reminds me of the... Um, of the video of Lando at the French Grand Prix where he's trying to dance along to a song on Saturday night. He's just on that. It's like, are you having a fit or something? No, I was just enjoying the song. Just <laughs> enjoying the music. <laughs> no, but then uh, straight after this, after the safety car, Max Verstappen, eager to retake the lead of the race, round the outside at the center races, straight after the safety car has come back in, really establishing his authority on that race, getting the lead back and then going on to win the race from there. But just behind him, Alex Albon was going around the uh, Ferrari of, I believe it was Sebastian Vettel at that point, and he just the two, there's a fi- uh, picture and a video of it, the two Red Bulls going around the outside at the first turn of the center races, and you think, yep, that's what I like that, to that's, see. That's good. That's great for Red Bull, and it's just it's just great to see. Uh, and then after this, Al- after Albon's done all that hard work getting past mm. Vettel, he gets past Hamilton, and then. Uh, as he's going into one of the final turns of the uh, lap, Hamilton just sort of comes in and ruins his parade. Spins him out, drops him right down to the back of the grid and what could have been a potential P2 or a podium for Alex Albon turned into Nilpois. That made me want to cry. Just hearing him scream as well. That team radio... That like the team radios that came out of Brazil were so emotional. The one of... Like they say, that one of Albon, he just... The frustration. Yeah, it's just the frustration that he took out on his um, pit engineer. He's just like, oh. told him, he's just like, just F off. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, wouldn't you? You're going to yeah. get your first podium mm. in F1. And then you have the six-time world champion just spin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, For no reason whatsoever, he's won the title. And he's just like, just oh. back off. <laughs> just back off. You don't need it. Uh, just have but, some respect. But this, having this happen allowed Pierre, uh, Pierre Gasly up into P2 mm-hmm. with, I think, happy. one or two laps left to go. Yeah. Uh, and then straight after we had the Hamilton incident, we had uh, the controversial Ferrari incident where Charles Leclerc and uh, Sebastian Vettel decided to take <laughs> each other out for, I don't know what reason. Oh. I guess fun for Ferrari, I think, is the only way to describe it. Yeah, it's like, because I'd watched some... Stuff because like I seen videos on YouTube coming out about like um how Ferrari sort of like with like as a team just sort of started to go a bit downhill this year. Yeah. Because you've still got Vettel trying to assert his dominance as the more experienced driver. However, but Leclerc's like, I'm not being outdone by him mm. again. I'm going for it because like the first two races where he kept getting team orders, he just started to ignore them over time. But things are just like screw this. You've got to do that as an F1 driver. You can't just sit back and be like a bottas and just take Mm. the team orders and be like, okay, yeah, I'll stop for him and then do Mm. all that rubbish. Considering Vettel has a habit of spinning his car around for no apparent reason. I mean, we'll get onto that in Abu Dhabi. Mm. He he's a bit of a spin monster. Yeah. He he just I don't know, but. Mm. If you, I that don't know if any of you have seen the incident. It's sort of six to one, half a dozen yeah, to the other. It's... Vettel moves over. Leclerc could have given him more room. It's... But Leclerc just held his ground, didn't he? Like when you look mm. at um, Charles on board cam, it was yeah, it he was just kind of he just that move. yeah. But obviously, 
Charles didn't give him enough space but that's racing isn't it? I mean he gave him enough space to get past but if you look at Vettel he's trying to close him off a little bit too oh, early I, see, I yeah. think mm. because you can see he's just slightly tilted his steering wheel to mm-hmm. the uh, left but at that point they're doing just 180k pH and it's sort of like well you're not really going to make a Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good choice there, are you? But, but yeah, yeah. Charles one, he just he holds his line, doesn't he? Yeah, but that took both the Ferraris out of the race, <laughs> which he uh, shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have done, but it allowed for some amazing midfield teams to get up the uh, yeah. order. And uh, speaking of midfield teams, we said we'd get back to him. Carlos Sainz sees hey. been working his way up through the uh, field the oh. entire race, and since the Ferrari incident and then the Hamilton and Albon incident, he was now in P four. Behind Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, and uh, Lewis Hamilton, oh. all the way from twentieth in a McLaren, see. which is con- counted as a midfield car. Mm. I think Bernie Charles was in not broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Robin <laughs> Carlos is unfortunate luck. All his hard on work camera. Yeah. <laughs> he, all, he does all his hard work, but no one ever sees him on the camera. But uh, after this, uh, Max wins the race. Gasly and Hamilton have a drag race to the line. Oh, no. Honestly, <laughs> watching one, that was brilliant. It's yeah. one of the best finishes you've ever seen. And then Pierre Gasly, after they cross the line, once he's got second place, his team radio. Yeah. Like, his screen was deafening. <laughs> you could just see the emotion and the frustration just all come out. At after this season. Yeah. I mean, this season being promoted to Red Bull, not having a great start, being demoted back down to Toro Rosso and then being able to get a podium in that Toro Rosso is just yeah. great for him, to be honest. But like, the one thing I always said, like, watching that, that drag race between Gassi and Hamilton sort of shows, even in a Toro Rosso, how powerful that Honda engine has become. It no. did, it did out just, drag it. It's just... Like I'm thinking, he didn't even have DRS. He was just out dragging a Mercedes. Like, so yeah. no. I was going to say it was close on the line. I don't know whether the uh, Mercedes had a bit more of a downforce set up on their car mm. to the Toro Rosso, but it didn't look like it was the most dominant power unit out there. Mm. The Honda power unit actually looked like it could stand up to it and yeah. out drag it down the start, down the uh, first straight if it needed to, which, which mm. it did. Yeah, which it did, and that was. That was, that was great to see, and it was great to see Toro Rosso get a second pod, uh, get a third podium in their career. Mm. But I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I love to see that. And then um, after the race, Hamilton then gets demoted for his uh, crash with Albon. He gets, I believe, it was either a five or a ten-second uh, grid penalty, as he deserves. As what he does did this deserve. mean, Connor? It means Carlos Sainz, the man who's never showed on TV, the man who started at P20, gets his first podium. But he doesn't get to sit on the podium. <laughs> of course. I think that's the only way he was ever going to get his first yep. podium, to be honest. The one where he can't get it and stand on it on TV. He has to get the trophy later on and make his own sort of podium. Oh. But that was also... I think it was said that that was also McLaren's first podium since, like, when was it, like, the early 2010s. Yeah, definitely. And it was hard for... Like, that's going to be great for McLaren. After the, like, yeah. after the turbo hybrid era, going with Honda, not Honda being not what it is now and mm. having to sit through them years of the, with McLaren, with uh, Fernando Alonso, Stoffel Van Dorn, the drivers, mm. obviously, like, being under the thumb of Fernando because they really were a bit... Anyone... You speak to anyone on the paddock of... Uh, F1, it'll be Team Fernando when he was there. Mm. And then having these two bright up-and-comers, I'd yeah, say young. two young guys just really enjoying the race and really enjoying working together and working for McLaren, it's all just sort of come to a head at this 
end of this mm. season. It's just, it is great to see for. Yeah, I'd love to see that. And it'd be a... nice to see if they can carry that on to 2020 mm. and be maybe mixing it with the top three a bit more. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I want to make a prediction that at least, if they if McLaren don't get any wins, they'll at least have quite a decent amount of podiums. If I don't think I don't think they're going to be that far. I think maybe they have a couple more podiums. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be chance for like, win. They're not going to chance for wins. I don't think. No. It's we're going to like a few odd like third positions. Say, if I'm going to if I'm going to make a prediction, I think maybe third will be the highest they get up on the podium next mm. year. It'll be a bit more frequent, like in the top six. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. top six as well. They I haven't been. Well. They've been consistent this year, but not as consistent as they could have been. There's been some yeah. races where the tracks just haven't suited them whatsoever, mm. and they've been back down the grid. But I think we'll see a bit more consistency out of them. Maybe we'll see maybe Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz back on the podium a bit more. Oh, I'd love to see Lando on the podium. I, I'd love to see Lando it'll on the podium. Me, it'll give him his chance to do his um, just uh, hitting the bottom of the bottle on the floor and. So that he did in F2, but a Formula E driver that knew him in F2 took that from him and did it before him. <laughs> so Lando was like, like said that the whole year he was just low key annoyed yeah. at his driver for taking what was. Do you mean Nick DeFries? Think so, yeah. It was just like you've taken that from me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd love to see Lando on the podium. It'd be great mm. just to see that him, him and Alex Albon. I think are two people I'd yeah. really love to see on the podium, and maybe George Russell in a. Uh, Mercedes seat soon. I oh. think that'll be. Uh, he hasn't been tested really in the, the Williams. We m- well, I might be getting out of hand, but mm. the season he had with his F2 when he won the season and being out qualifying Robert Kubica. I know Robert Kubica hasn't been great, yeah. but it'd be nice to see him in a, in a more yeah. competitive car to see what mm. he can actually do. Because, I mean, what's, what's the best he's finished? I think it was 12th. Yeah. And that's only because of retirements and stuff like that. But the thing I, that I just want to say about McCarran, McCarran again is I look forward to see what they'll do when they get Mercedes power units. Because they have signed back to... Yeah, it's 2021, Mercedes. they get Mercedes uh, power units. I think yeah. that's been the best decision. The Renault power unit is not reliable and it just hasn't looked up to scratch. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. Red Bull ditched them. Yeah, But I think with the Mercedes power unit, a more stable power unit, mm. going to be quicker than the Renault in a f- straight line. If they can just get the chassis and the aero sorted out, I think they're going to be a very, very competitive uh, team in the 2021 season. And I have to say, for a decision that um, McLaren have done with going for Mercedes again, is they've made it blatantly obvious to Mercedes that they're not going to become a feeder team. No. That they want to stick as their own team. They just Mm -hmm. want an engine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, Williams tried to say it. In the Drive to Survive series, Claire Williams sits there and goes, "Uh, we're definitely not going to be a B team. Anyone that knows us knows we're not going to be a B team. But they have been. Where did Bottas come from? I was going to say, Bottas, (laughs) George Russell, now Nicholas Latifi. Mm. I mean, where are they all going to end up realistically? And also, I think this probably wasn't at that time, but also... Didn't Rosberg drive for Williams as well and then go to... I Mercedes believe... I think he did. And then when Mercedes bought Jaguar the team mm. and then made it, obviously, Mercedes, I think that's when he went to yeah. there with so Schumacher. Technically, <laughs> they've always been a feeder team to mm. think, Obviously, they've been a great team, Williams. They've got a great heritage when they mm. was competitive, but they just dropped off and it's... They've just sort of found the cliff see. and fell off it. I, I'd love to see him get back up there and fighting again, but mm. I don't know. It'll be a long while. Yeah, but uh, after this, we had the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the season finale, the uh, desert showdown, as we'll as they would like to call it. As uh, 
undramatic as always. Yeah. Mm. I, I was going to say, for qualifying, all I've really got is Hamilton was on pole, Verstappen second. Bottas, and Sebastian Bottas was, is backwards. Yeah, Bottas, <laughs> Bottas was second, but he had to, he took a uh, penalty and he st- started at the back of the grid, which bumped Verstappen up, and Leclerc was four, uh, uh, third. But like you say, uh, I think free practice and qualifying was all just full of Vettel going around in a circle and ruining a set of softs every time. Yeah. And say he, if you watch the qualifying, come, I don't know what session it was. But there's him trying to do a flying lap, comes off the last corner, mm. hits the uh, runoff, just spins around in a circle. And you yeah, think, I feel that was on, like man. free practice one or something. You meant to be, like, mm-hmm. say, you're meant to be a four-time world champion, and you're doing rookie mistakes like that. You're mm. t- you're trying to do a flying lap. You've let your cut tires get too cold while you've been waiting for a good space. Mm-hmm. Mm. Come on, you've got more brain cells than that. Use them for God's sake. Mm. Uh, and now on to probably the most anticlimactic race like France. Mm. Uh, DRS was broken for 18 laps during this race. I say broken. It was broken for some cars. Some other cars were able to use it. It was a problem with the detection system. Mm. So it was detecting some cars, but not detecting every car on the circuit. Mm. So you had to disable it for 18 laps. And then after that, they managed to sort out the issue. And then it was all away and going. They can use mm. it. Um which just was really like because when I was watching that race, it was the commentators going like, "For all of you look that that want the DRS gone, this is what the racing would be mm. like." Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, they need the D- especially at Abu Dhabi with them long straights. It's got they need the DRS to try and attack in them corners. Yeah, uh, Leclerc on the first lap makes an overtake on Max Verstappen for P two. Uh, also on the first lap, Stroll and Gasly have a bit of coming together. Uh, Gasly trying to go around the outside of Sergio Perez. Stroll's behind him and just thinks, oh, I'm not going to break too much. Taps into Pierre Gasly and knocks Pierre Gasly's front wing off. So, you know, great one from Stroll. Daddy's <sighs> money mistake. Still keep him there for years to come. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, always. Yeah, and then we had another anticlimactic 30 laps or so. And then Max Verstappen just re-overtakes Charles Leclerc, regaining second place. Um, Then boring again until the end of the race or the last lap where we had Sainz doing a dive bomb on Nico Hülkenberg for P10, which gave him six in the Drivers' Championship. There's a little bit of a story to go with this. Yeah. Because for the past... I want to say it's four or five years. Mm-hmm. No midfield team has been sixth in the championship. It's always been Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull have been the top six drivers in the championship. Yeah. And now we've obviously we had the Gasly and the Albon switch with Red Bull. It's opened up for maybe a team to uh, get up there. Yeah. Carlos Sainz is the first driver in about four or five years to finish sixth in the championship from a midfield team. I think we all just need to stand up and just applaud yeah. Carlos Sainz for being able to do that mm. and not be shown on TV yeah, while as he's always. doing it. As always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, it was just Hamilton won the race, Verstappen in second, Leclerc third, basically how it all ended, mm. and then they all did some donuts and everyone drove off. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe yeah. Abu Dhabi. I have to say, that I think for me, the, the most interesting thing to watch was um, like in that race was on... On the curb from the second task on to the last corner where the um, curb to stop people running wide just started beaching the cars along it. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know who's on board it was, but they'd gone too wide and the um, underplane of the car 
had lifted all the wheels off the track <laughs> and they're just like scrambling up the steering wheel to try and get a wheel back on the ground. Jeez. They just finally imagine... grip and get around. It's so funny to watch. Just imagine that they didn't have the momentum <laughs> to carry them <laughs> off of there and they just got stuck on the yeah, bump. Peace. It's just be like... Can we stop the race, please, and get me off? <laughs> just going along, you could hear the car revving out, and it's just, just like... <laughs> just the steering will shake, and he's like, come on, please, 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 please. <laughs> that, yeah, that was probably the only entertaining part was people going too wide on that car, just because they just no. put them out. I just, they need to do something with Abu Dhabi. It's just so get hard. Get rid of it. <laughs> They've got a lot of track options there, so they can change it up. Maybe if they change the circuit layout up... We could have some decent racing. It's just the last sector with the amount of corners and the way that these cars are designed, they cannot follow closely enough. Mm. It's like it's okay for the first two sectors where they've got the long straights where they mm-hmm. can try and keep up with each other. But the minute they hit that third sector, it's like one car's washing one way, another car's washing mm. the other way, and it's it's just not working. But uh, I think that's everything to do with the F1 season. Congratulations, Carlos. I'm going to say congratulations, Carlos, for getting P6. Congratulations, our champion, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes, mm-hmm. taking Constructors okay. title. Hopefully, we get a good, solid challenge next year. As much as I would like to see Hamilton match Schumacher's record, because I do think it would be quite cool to see in our lifetime. Mm. But the, one thing to do with nature that I think is uh, good to mention is um, the return of Zandvoort and um, Vietnam getting their. Grand Prix next yeah, year as I don't well. know. I don't know how I feel about Zanfor. I'm I'm excited to see what it'll be like, but I've heard I know that there's meant to be a banking going on. Oh, the apparently there's going to be a massive banking, but I'm a bit worried that the cars aren't going to be suited to the track. That's my only issue. Yeah, because it's sort of all of a sudden it's like right, we've got to take this track that's probably not had much of an update for a while, and all of a sudden go, yeah, you need to renovate the whole lot. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It, it could it could surprise me. It could be a really good track mm. to race on. But I've, from what I've heard from drivers on the grid talk about it, they say they don't think it's going to be the most exciting round. But mm. I'm excited to see the Vietnam race with the, yeah. the map, them straights and coming mm. up to them corners. I think that'll be interesting to see. Going to be a power unit dominated track, as yeah. obviously. But I think it, we'll get to see some nice Ricardo dive bombs on there. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting. If Renault actually get good enough brakes. If Renault and also, have a good power also that'd be one thing to do with Renault that'd be interesting. Seeing Ocon back. Hey. Think he was always a good driver at Racing Point, so I'm excited mm. to see him back. As sad as I am to see Nico Hulkenberg go, mm-hmm. I am quite happy to see Ocon come back. I'm quite happy to see Ocon <laughs> come back. The thing is, though, I would have really wanted Nico Hulkenberg to go to Haas and part oh, Magnus. That yeah. would be... <laughs> you can't tell me that would have been the ultimate that dream would, team. That would be a war. Just, could you <laughs> just they both want to kill each other. Could you just imagine the team orders come out and be like, uh, Magnussen, we need you to let Nico through. He's on a different strategy. You'd be like... Suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> it lit, you could just picture it right now. Yeah. Oh, but unfortunately, they stuck with the uh, frog-eating uh, French guy, Roman Grosjean. Yes. <laughs> the master of crush a lot, even though he's done nothing this season, really. Mm. But, Apart from hitting his own teammate. Yeah, well, he's always been good at that. So Yeah. And yeah. spinning on the uh, pit lane of Silverstone. That as well, yeah. So. And nearly doing the same thing. What was it at, like Abu Dhabi or something? He nearly spun it there in the pit lane. 
Oh, I don't know. He probably <laughs> did. He's, he's useless enough to do it. So he's a special kind of driver. <laughs> he is that comedic value driver, really. I think, I think that's the only way to describe him. Send him to Williams. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, then we'll see him in Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine sending him to Williams? He somehow gets a Mercedes seat. Oh, God. Something, something would really have to go wrong for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like someone dies. Or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, if Jared, if you want to take us on some car news, what have you found? Yeah, uh, so, uh, for car news, it's sort of more, um, I would say it's time of year appropriate. I would say it's Christmas-based, really, and, from what um, I'm looking at. And it's just quite fun, weird as well to look at, which is, um, if, let's say you're a really big fan of the Nürburgring, you can get a Nürburgring Monopoly set, which, uh, well... If, well, yeah, you can figure out it's Monopoly. So different corners. Instead of go to jail, is it go to the pits? <laughs> Most likely, I think it's like past the starting. So I like, think I think like from what I read about it when I was looking up about it was um, the more well-known corners like the carousel and floatplatz and whatever. You, they're more expensive than the lesser-known corners. Yeah, they're the and park malls. Is it when you pot? Is it like one thing when you pass? Go is it you get shouted at by your engineer for going too mm. slow or something? <laughs> Most likely, you get told useless or something like that. <laughs> but um, if you are interested and in planning on buying this, there are two things you need to be aware of. If you want to buy it, you have to buy it off the Nurburgring website for 38 quid, and you better <laughs> understand German because it's only in German. Google Translate, anyone? No. So, uh, It'd be an easy way to learn German, really, wouldn't it? Just yeah. trying to play You're Monopoly. going too slow. Go faster. Autobahn speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I, just, I just thought it was just a funny I thing. Think, I think that'd be a great Christmas. If anyone actually wants to get this for me for Christmas... I'll be quite happy. Even if it's in German, we've got Google <laughs> we Translate. Can figure it all we'll out. be quite happy. I mean, it's Monopoly at the end of the day. Yeah, you can it? work out. It's not going to be too hard. It's not like trying to build a rocket, is it, really? Yeah. At the end of the day, with Monopoly, you get halfway through it, you've killed someone who's playing, and then you walk off. You flip the board and go away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you find out that one player's stashed about 500 quid down there. <laughs> Straight from the bank, and you all look around like, how have you done Everyone it? just commits bank robberies, and it's just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who can do who is actually the best bank robber on the uh, game because <laughs> no one's ever going bank robbed everyone's just going to pull out that 500 they just left down there and be like oh yeah oh, I've, I've had nowhere. this for ages <laughs> I found it under my 100s okay yeah. ah right uh, Does yeah, the Carl Wheat podcast Christmas special need to be a little Nürburgring <laughs> Monopoly favourite <laughs> I was trying to figure out German <laughs> as we're playing it but yeah I thought that was just Turn it into a, drink, a, turn it into a drinking game. Every time you go to jail, turn you have everything to take a into a drinking game. <laughs> Why not? There's no issue there. There's no issue. There is no issue. <laughs> but they all thought that was a stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be a great Christmas gift for anyone who's Small really into cars to and the Nurburgring. <laughs> what are you into that, Connor? <laughs> I'm very into that. So like I say, <laughs> He's anyone wants to buy me this? I reckon that'd be the perfect gift for someone named Connor. Whose <laughs> <laughs> last name is sitting in the shed. Bishop. <laughs> See, I don't think you're wrong there. So, <laughs> so Jack, if you want to take us through some new cars you found. So we have four today. Go big or go home. Ooh, you spoiled me. And they're all SUVs that have recently come out. The first is the Aston Martin DBX. So this is Aston's first SUV, and it's founded on beauty, luxury, and driving dynamics. 
And they say um, it's any powered, rubbish we can start to sell a car. There powered is by the one, spirit of adventure. There is one issue. What? The uh, the word beauty doesn't live up to that car. I don't know what you mean. I like it. I don't mind it. I don't really like it. Because I think it's a bit stretched, but... No, I see, I like it. I, I think it's got... I think it works. The back is what? like the little uh, Vantage back. Because from what I can see, it's like they've taken a Vantage and put a big roof on it. Yeah, I like it. And put I like can, a small DB11 front. I was saying, when you look at the rear of it, they've obviously stuck with their Aston rear. Yeah. Where they thought, actually, we need boot space because it's an SUV. Yeah. Quick, need boot space for the dog. I like it. I, I mean, I love the Aston Martin grille anyway because it's your normal front bumper on yeah. an Aston Martin. And mm. I think that like, the colour, because the picture we've got here is red. If yeah, you, it's yeah. dark red. Yeah, dark red. I think it just works. And obviously you've got the uh, slit out in the uh, front uh, wing. I think that looks great. And then obviously the lines running down the uh, side. They just really integrate it. Yeah, it's just it looks sleek and... Yeah. And then the wheel, for the stock wheels as well, for an SUV, yeah. not bad either. Chrome and black with uh, multi-spoke. Because so, Aston have done it right. Because I'm just going to say for me personally, like, don't get me wrong, it's, prob- it. <laughs> it's probably really nice to drive. Yes, yeah. most luxury SUVs most likely are. It is they're just not built for off-road anymore. They're built for running around cities. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it is just the shape of it. It will take a while to grow on me because I don't really like it at the minute. Yeah. Do you reckon the picture we've got here is the uh, Aston Martin on dirt? Like I said earlier, they're mainly built for well, city running. Now. Do you reckon the they actually had to like put it on a trailer, bring it in then before driving <laughs> it because they thought it's too uncomfortable to drive on dirt and bumps? I don't know if it's just British engineering because compared to the it's other SUVs, German engineering. This yeah. is yeah, but this is so they say it's uh, powered by the spirit of adventure, and it's, it's actually <laughs> it's uh it's actually designed to be a sports utility vehicle. Is it really? Yeah, it actually is. Can I go off-roading through various fields and it's, be okay? Yeah, it's not a luxury saloon squished and lifted. Can I chase lifted. a sheep with it? If you want to. Why do God. you want to chase a sheep so with an Aston Martin SUV? It to deliver a... it to Welsh to contacts. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it has active all-wheel drive, variable torque distribution, and height-adjustable air suspension. Uh, they also provide a range of tailor-made accessories and different packages, such as you can have ones that are for like built for dogs, so it has a grate in the back and then boot covers. You can have roof racks and towing options. Is there different interior so, colours? <laughs> um, I couldn't actually find a picture of a different interior, which worries me. They've done really nice with this like candy red exterior, it's and just, then you go inside, uh, you've got wood panelling, and this beige exterior really like looks like someone's been sick. But, the, th- but nice. the thing that like just sort of makes this interior a bit worse is the fact that the colour's inconsistent on the steering wheel. It's beige on the inside and black on the outside. It's disgusting. <laughs> it generally looks like someone has thrown up all over the interior of this car. It's probably the dog that they tested it with. <laughs> definitely. The dog has definitely been sick and they thought, that's a good colour scheme. That's a nice colour. We're going to have that. <laughs> No, but... Oh, uh, yeah, I think the interior is disgusting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not bad. Just, just a black interior, maybe, I think would have been fine. I think but... they tried to go for that, like, countryside luxury, like... Uh, like, look, maybe, like, with... No. A no. lot of cars, like, have the interior black and the stitch in the colour of the car that you... Yeah, a r- uh, black and red would be uh, uh, lovely. I think... Carbon, ex- where all the wood is. Exterior, they've got it right. If this yeah. is the only interior, 
they need help. And I know, like, Jared, I know you're not a fan of the exterior, but the way I was thinking of it is I don't... I can't think of how... Like, I... In my head, I can't think of how Aston would do an SUV any other way. I can't think of it mm. being better looking. Like that, I think they've no, done I the think, best I they can. It, that no, would be probably where, there. Yeah. That's where it's um, conflicting in my head because the shape for me doesn't really appeal yeah. to me. But I know that... For an Aston some, SUV. But that is sort of what I would expect yeah. from an Aston SUV. Where yeah, I'm it with would you on that. Yeah. They wouldn't like change the their chassis car. design, really. It was going to be a sports, sports car sort of base. Because yeah. I totally understand what you mean about the shape. Like It has a long bonnet and it's like yeah. it's a bit... Uh, but the actual like details of the body... They have done the best that yeah. they can for the shape. And... I was say, it was always going to be sort of a sports car based chassis mm. and like lower body. But then with more room because it's an SUV. Mm. Yeah. But I like it. I think they've integrated it Because I do well. agree with you two on that. Like, the colour in this picture is actually a really nice colour. Yeah, that red is a beautiful red. If you can look it up online, look up like a candy red Aston Martin DBX, you will not go wrong. It is a yeah, beautiful yeah. car. It is nice. But the interior, if they could do black with like that red stitching, perfect. Yep. This beige, is not so much. No, no, no. <laughs> It's a no from me. <laughs> yeah, that interior can go and like be chucked in a tip. <laughs> yeah. So Jack, what have we got next? Well, uh, I'll list off the specs quickly because you'll see this is this becomes oh, quite. Oh, sorry, did we not get through the specs? This becomes <laughs> no, quite a theme the of them. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, t- four liter twin turbo V8, which makes five hundred and forty two brake horsepower, five hundred and sixteen pound foot of torque, which means not sixty in four point three seconds, and a top not speed of one hundred and eighty one. And it costs £158,000. £158,000? Yes. Jesus yep. Christ. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be buying one anytime soon. No. But... So I think... So this uh, this next is the Audi RS Q8. And I think this fits more into what we were saying about just luxury SUVs. So uh, to start off with, I want to do a little quote that Audi have put on their website for this. And they say, we didn't want to lose the comfort and drivability of the Q8 or its off-road ability, but we wanted to add performance so that it was suitable for the racetrack. And um, I'm not quite sure how you can have a car built for the racetrack without getting rid of its off-road capability. Because (laughs) it's sort of two different things. Yeah, they don't go. The one thing you need for off-roading, ground clearance, it's got none. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just don't see how you can try and keep your off-road stuff. Unless you're trying to take some WRX, and... uh, like, yeah. in, like, inspiration, yeah. but it's not exactly I... the most off-roading vehicle I've ever I can't see it seen. going off-road at all. I say, no. with the pictures that we've got, though, I'm not the biggest fan of the front bumper, to be I honest. Had, see, I was. It was a different Audi bumper than I've actually seen. To be honest, and I'm, I'm, I'm think, liking it. I think it. the one thing that makes me think that is the fact that they went with Skoda Green. No, yeah. that might I be mean, it. The, the like green we've got was, given is like a lime green colour. It's, it's like what you would expect if you were to buy like a oh special edition. Yeah. If you're going to buy, a, if you're buying a Skoda Octavia, you're getting it in this green. It is that colour green. Mm. Yeah. If maybe they showed us it like, in like in, a Audi red or yeah. or a gray, Nardo grey. Yeah, a Nardo grey. Maybe it'd be would different. Work better, but in that green. But like, it's not that bumper. They've they've actually changed up the amount of times we've been asking them to change yeah, it up. They have. They have, and I think they've done it right. I like it. Because yeah, when, when now I'm just ignoring the colour, yeah. 
the bumper does look quite nice. Yeah, it, it is it aggressive. Looks aggressive. Isn't it? As yeah. I say, it looks really aggressive. It's got all them vents going into the engine, and it's got certain cutouts with like where the bumper is and, and where it's the headlights that, um, are. And that grey as well, isn't it? Oh, it's and the, I think conflict. as long as it comes in that grey, and they don't change like you see how there's some of the main panels are the grey. Yeah, they change that to like a chromey silver. I think mm. would ruin it. It has mm. to be that dark oh, and the wind mirrors. That's yeah, good, yeah. Like, and with, um, like on that, the back, they've got a little new strip they've put on the boot, which is in grey as well. Is that no? I think that might be like a carbon fibre type deal. Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, they just I did read that it's one I, of the new know, just, features. Just, just from the picture, it looks as if it would be like a carbon fibre mm. type thing. But maybe that front is as well, then, because it's the same kind of. It might be, mm. but I, I shade, like it. Isn't it. I think if they did this, or maybe like an RS5 or something. But from oh, a distance, I mean, I buy an RS5 anyway. Yeah. But from more a distance, do you not think this just looks like a just like a family car with big wheels? It doesn't say, really look like an SUV to it, me. It doesn't yeah. strike me. It's not tall as an SUV would be. Mm. It's like just I say, it's an estate car fat, with yeah. massive wheels on it. It's in a small, fat estate car with big ass rims on it. The interior is everything I'd expect. Lots of screens, I lots like of it. space, I do, lot of luxury. I am a, I am a fan of that. Yep. Interior, that interior is great. I mean, it's got the sort of racing style steering wheel with the flat bottom. All the screens span right across the uh, dash. Yeah, really. sleek. And then if you Carbon. look, it, it's got like an underglow on the, uh, mm. on the. Help me out here. Oh, the uh, center console. Center kind console of bit and, and the, on the doors. Yeah, it's Lanky, like I get my it's like a down. theme, isn't it? It like runs around the car. Yeah, I think it looks really nice. And then a the red, of... as much as I would hate like all that red, I think it's going to work if you had like a Nardo yeah. grey or something. The thing that like I would, that like me personally, because it would just be a really cool gimmick, is if that interior lighting can be changed to the colour of the car that you've got or the interior. Yes. Yeah. So like red seats, red lighting. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. If you had like a Nardo grey, you'd want like a grey uh, yeah. light yeah. coming out yeah I see that I think that'd be great if that, would se- that. that would sell it for me it's just like okay cool I can mess with it <laughs> I, was say, I like this interior though they've done it really nicely oh. Aston need to take note <laughs> Aston yeah. need to take note on it's interiors this, like colour scheme was Aston in Martin Aston. here's a very big hint <laughs> beige is not a nice colour but I can't <laughs> see anyone putting their dogs in there no, <laughs> no. but so we can say exterior new front bumper and sort of new additions to the rear bumper yeah. Definitely yes. Mm. Color scheme, don't guess it in green. Sort it out. No. <laughs> but it's not. It doesn't like you said. It doesn't look like an SUV. No. It mm. looks like a big estate car with fat wheels. That's yeah. all it looks like. It's because, yeah. it's because of their conflicting yeah the, expectations from the cars. Like you can offer. Yeah, a, and but also got, I think yeah. they needed to pick one. There, they should have gone they a track mix, SUV. Mm. Or an off-road SUV. They need to make them. But I also think because they said that they wanted to make it more track-focused, but keep the off-road capability. And I think that's just because it's an SUV. But I think if you go in, if you're making an RS version and you're actually focusing on track performance, just completely ditch the off-road stuff because the mm. people who are buying it don't need that. Yeah. If you if like, don't just sit on the fence with it. If you're going for it, go all out for it. It does sound mm. like they got indecisive and they really needed to make yeah. a decision on it, but I yeah. don't think they did. And I don't think they made the right decision either with mm. the way they went going down the middle. But I reckon if they went for a full-track SUV, maybe made the wheels a bit smaller, I think it would look quite nice. A little bit mm. more ground clear. A little, yeah. Just to make it an SUV. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll, 
Right, I'm getting contradicted. I like some of the new features, yeah. mm. but I don't like the overall concept of this car. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I it's all like a win lose. I, I, I can't. I, I mixed. I mixed feelings on mm. it. Mm. So this has a bi turbo V8, and it's a hybrid. So it's got a 48 volt like uh, starter little motor bit. So that uh, boosted to 591 brake horsepower, which is 50 more than the Aston, and 590 pound foot of torque, and 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds. And, so electric uh, on that hybrid. Yeah, it is. I think it gives it that torque, especially for such a heavy car. Yeah. And uh, limited to 155. However, if you get the dynamic package, you can take it to 189. Goes to 189 for yep. an SUV. I mean, it's that track side of it, though, isn't it? Yeah. So, how much do you do? You have the price of what one of them would be? I don't. Sorry, but if I was to guess, I reckon it will probably be about uh, 100. I reckon it will be a bit like the 80k, like, something like that. Do you reckon? Maybe? I think it'll be around 100 because it's the Q8. Maybe, maybe. But no, I see what you mean, like the 90 kind of, 80, yeah. high 80, Not 90. quite 100k, because they don't want to deter people, but... No, and also they're range. way more mass-produced than the Aston as well, oh, aren't yeah, they? Oh, yeah, yeah, So uh, next, we have a massive car. This is the Mercedes GLS 63 AMG. So this is a seven-seater SUV, and it comes with a four-liter twin-turbo V8. Uh, there's the pattern. They all have bloody twin-turbo V8s. Yeah. Along with uh, EQ Boost for a total of 603 brake horsepower and 627 pound-foot of torque. This does 0 to 60 in 4.1 seconds and is limited to 155. Although, if you get the AMG driver's package, it will go up to 174. And there's a nine-speed automatic, which also, because it's a nine-speed, there's loads of different modes. So you can have, like, sport shifting if you're being a little AMG, or you can have it in comfort mode if you've got all six kids in the back. And uh, it got does have uh, in there. <laughs> the, the all fully variable four-wheel drive system and AMG ride control. But it's just a big SUV, Mercedes. I mean, it, it, it's got the concept of an SUV, mm. but... I am not a fan of big Mercedes vehicles. I don't like their pickup truck they've done. I am not a fan of the G-Wagon, and I don't like this. They need to stick with coupes or hatchbacks for me, yeah. or estate cars. Like it's think, just like, mm. yeah, they've done it. Let's slap a bite They've done it. They've done it to say, sell more cars, obviously, but I'm like, that is not Mercedes for me. Mercedes are them sportier smaller cars and the interior is just a mercedes interior slapped in it so clearly this is just a it's just it's just a money making opportunity yeah. isn't it i have to i have to say you're gonna like, buy one no. <laughs> that I, would I, have been a plot twist like i i have to say it's like um yeah i'm i'm not overly a f fan of it to be honest it's That's sort of a bit like like you say, it's like a money making that's opportunity. All, yeah. like, that's all I see with them big Mercedes vehicles is money making. That's it. Just it's to just, get that little bit of market. I say it's a new market. Slap a Mercedes badge on it, and standard one. Merc interior. There you go. That is. To be fair though, when I'm thinking about it, the, on paper this is a seven seater SUV, and just to make a seven seater SUV, it's not that bad. Like when I think when. If someone tasks you to make such a big, bulky vehicle, oh, yeah. I didn't think it would look as sleek as this, but it's, oh. they've actually they've done an all right job. Yeah, it, it's mm. sleek for a seven-seater, but I just, no, I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't get myself to get behind it and like it, just because 
like I say, Mercedes are not big vehicles that are meant to be coupes, hatchbacks, and estate cars. Mm. That is it. Uh, that is your market. That is your niche. Especially to that. yeah, when it comes to the yeah. AMGs. Yeah, because it's because it's, it's sort of like going back to, um, back to Audi, like their sort of niches making like fast like saloon cars and yeah. supercars and sort of that kind of stuff. And then when they go, we're gonna make some kind of an SUV. Yeah, so we're just going to use yeah. bits from the saloons See, and this make is it where a bit Aston, bigger. I know they're all supercars and stuff like that. This is where I think they've done it right when they've tried to make. They've it. made an SUV. They have tried to make an SUV. Not mm. where not where Audi have gone down the middle. I mean, Mercedes have done well with this. It is obviously it is your SUV, your yeah. ground clearance, you've got your massive wheels, and you've got your space for people in it. But it's just it's just not Mercedes. But they've me. they've literally like like uh, these they've just kind of put a few bits together and chucked together. Whereas like you said on the Aston they've built it ground up to be focused as oh, an yeah. SUV. So it's mm. it's an SUV. <laughs> yeah. So what we got next? A car that I couldn't miss out on the SUV episode. The Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> so I think their tagline... Is, is it still loading in this picture? No. <laughs> I think it is. The tagline they use is probably best to describe it, and that's that it's a better utility than a truck and more performance than a sports car. So uh, just to start off with, it has a nearly impenetrable uh, an exoskeleton of... Uh, 30 times cold rolled stainless steel is what Definitely the body's made out of. Impenetrable windows. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, to be fair, it it didn't penetrate the windows; it just shattered them. I I'll did, give them that. I did hear <laughs> what why that might have happened. Because they hit the door. No, apparently there's also a law in America or something like that. Oh yeah, that the windows have to be, have to to be shatterproof. Uh, shatter, be able to shatter. So I think either in the prototype. Because they couldn't mis- mislead everyone and yeah. sell it as like that, they had to put the windows as shatter in because it's a safety feature and safety yeah. um, legislation it. in America. I'm surprised Elon I didn't f- just I go, just oh, we'll just we'll make it so it can turn into a submarine. If the car rolls over, that's your way out. He's by smashing well, it. And on the water's the main thing. Mm. Yeah, that's what, it is. that's what it is. But it just it didn't look good when he's like, oh, yeah, this is unbreakable glass. God. Especially <laughs> when five minutes earlier they recorded them doing it in the back and it just worked perfectly. No, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. It would um, happen, wouldn't it? I mean, it would happen to Elon, but it's a weird-looking truck. In but did you did you hear what he said about that straight after? He said, "Don't worry, we'll fix it in post." <laughs> 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 it's like, Good that man. sounds about right for him. I still think make them so they don't smash and just turn it into a submarine. If it touches water, just. The wheels just instantly fold just in. Just saves the people. Propeller comes out. Bond. Yeah. yeah, propeller comes out. Oxygen tank starts working. You're right. So it has uh, 1.5 tons of payload capacity in the back. Adjustable air suspension. I like that they call it payload capacity. Yeah, so there's uh, 100 <laughs> cubic feet of exterior lockable storage. And I've heard that, because you know there's that big, um, it comes over the back, the... Yeah. It's like a little, it's like a garage door, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, they might be doing options which have solar built in on top of the door, so as you're driving, it can charge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it can it can tow over six point three five tons, and uh, that's due to the powerful drivetrain and the like low center of gravity because of all the batteries. So it has uh, extraordinary traction control and torque, which obviously explains not only the speed but also why it can tow so much. And it comes in single, dual, and tri-motor combinations. 
and these are almost like the different trim levels so if you get in a single one you're getting like um, a more basic car whereas if you mm. get in the tri-motor you get in the best of the best autonomy and everything else yeah. that comes with it and uh but there's so many like different uh, little specs that i could read out but would be here all day because there's just four of everything see that's, te- that's tesla's thing though they put so much tech yeah, into their cars it's unreal yeah. it's, it's, it's like it, uh, remember like um i don't know sorry, but it's like um they have a feat they have a feature on their um like where the car pretty much updates itself like a fuck yeah it does they have yeah. a um they have a mode called joe mode because yeah it's like, just like your alarms keep waking my child up so they just threw it yeah up joe, mode. <laughs> joe mode is quieter alarms and everything I do like the steering wheel on the Cybertruck. I don't know yeah, what it is a, about it. It feels wacky. like you're in a fighter pilot jet or something, but it's great. And uh, so specs-wise, because I feel like they're phenomenal, we have to mention them. So for the tri-motor, all-wheel drive one, 0-60 in 2.9 seconds, quarter mile in 10.8 seconds, 500-plus mile range, uh, as I mentioned earlier, 14,000-pound towing capacity, and for the lowest trim level, the single motor, it's about thirty grand. And for the like top of the range one, it's fifty three grand. They're not majorly no. expensive like some of the other cars we've heard on this list. Mm. Like I think that's really cheap for what you're getting. Like, all like, the technology, everything is I just like the fact that whoever's sitting on the right hand side of the car has no seatbelts. <laughs> I mean, I think that's luxury. not the main issue, is they don't have any wing mirrors. No. That true. That sounds like that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Maybe they're yeah. doing that Honda bit where you have the little, uh, the Cam- little cameras. Oh, the cameras. Yeah. I think that that's probably what they've done, but well, it could have at least. I don't know if they say it anywhere or. What. I I just I just want to mention because I just find it funny. How flimsy <laughs> is the suspension for it to uh, just a quad bike? They are relatively heavy. It's probably it's probably like oh, an air. Yeah, air it's, it's, got, uh, <laughs> it's got adjustable air suspension, saying, so maybe it's air ride suspension. You can drop it down and do that. I've thought of it. It's a um, it's a start start. Start You just you just need to get some rotor forms. Yeah, uh, yeah. And some awesome camber. And an Oni fans, and then you got ten thousand followers. <laughs> 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 I mean, you can't doubt. You can't say anything about it. It's a great source of income, and the cars some of them women have is top notch. <laughs> But if I could make money on OnlyFans, I would make money on OnlyFans. Yes, I did. Let's move on. Let's carry on. Okay. I'm not going to complain. Cybertruck. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's get into the car debate. Car debate. So these are what, Um, like super hatchbacks? So I guess, yeah, super hatchbacks, yeah. I think that's an apt description. So I'll start off with the, uh, the Cupra R which I think is an amazing car. So yeah, I want to start by saying um, there's only 799 of these and uh, only 24 right-hand drive examples which found their way to the UK. (laughs) (laughs) And um, compared to the like normal Cupra, oh yeah, I do want to mention something that you guys might like. The, uh, I saw three in one yeah. day. <laughs> the, it's uh, a bit of a joke going behind this, but so I'm not just saying it. He saw three of these cars in one day. No, not one day. He, two, he hasn't, he hasn't stopped talking about it for a while. <laughs> They're beautiful. And uh, all the right-hand drive ones. Yeah. <laughs> all the right-hand drive ones uh, actually came over as uh, manual transmissions. So, you know, they nice us. We like a bit of manual transmission over here. They're giving us automatics. Might as well just send them back. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they have wider arches, deeper front bumper, extended side skirts at the uh, at the rear, 
They have the spoiler, more aggressive diffuser, pair of rear round exhaust pipes. And uh, and uh, these cosmetic changes aren't just for show. They're all to improve the aero and also reduce lift at higher speeds. And there's a number of little carbon inserts and obviously the little copper touches on the wheels and on the badges and everything. And, uh, I do like that copper touch. I think mm, it looks great. On the interior, you've got Alcantara wheel and gear stick. <laughs> and uh, But when it comes to performance everything, there's bigger discs compared to the normal Cupra with Brembo's holding them. Uh, it's tried and tested turbocharged 2-litre engine, which produces 306 brake horsepower and 280 pound-foot of torque. And it has a revised exhaust system for performance and a nice soundtrack. And uh, all this power goes through the front wheels only, and that's an uh, electronically controlled front differential to get the most amount of traction. You see, that's what makes it a hatchback, is front-wheel yep. drive. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be a hatchback, really, because it's rear-wheel drive, apart from the BMW 1 Series. But can we see that, that as a technicality? <laughs> Nothing wrong with all-wheel drive. Yeah, so all the 24 we accept, we, the, uh, we accept every kind of drive over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to say one wheel drive. Oh, what? we love one wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> the best wheel drive. <laughs> the best wheel drive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all the ones in the UK are six speed manual, and the left hand drive models have a twin clutch setup. So, mine does 0 to 60 in 5.8 seconds, tops out at 155, unfortunately, as an asking price of 35 grand. But. Yeah, so I think you're paying that much just for really the Cupra R touches, but I, I do want to know how the specs differ from you guys because I feel like that's quite a steep price. That on sale, I thought it was a little bit yeah. much for that, but it is a beautiful car, like you say, and the specs on it are amazing. And I so. presume the exclusivity of it is a bit to do with the how much yeah, it costs. Definitely. Mm. So, Jared, what do you have? I have the. Hyundai i30N, which um, at a uh, for an asking price of um, from sta- uh, from standard for this one twenty five thousand and ten pounds. Yeah, so compared to Cupra, hmm. yeah, naught uh, to sixteen six point two seconds. Uh, front wheel drive mostly. Hey. Uh, tops out one hundred fifty five. Uh, and produces 246 horsepower of a 2 litre 4 cylinder turbo engine uh, 6 speed manual which is good nah. I mean uh, anything that's manual is good so hatchback yeah. and manual is a recipe for look at that picture the picture we've got here he's just he's turning the corner he's got the back wheel up in the air that's just that's full the com- definition of hatchback that, that's full <laughs> send and full commitment I applaud whoever is driving this home tonight there's uh, uh, some extra things so um, for an extra £3,000 uh, it brings larger wheels and Pirelli tyres limited slip differential variable exhaust uh, more power assorted luxury such as leather seats wireless phone charging parking sensors radio keyless entry Apple and Android connectivity uh, sat nav and the sat nav through an 8 Eight inch touch screen is also included with that. Although it comes with one, but I don't know what size that is. No. But, um, Does size matter though? No. <laughs> not in screens when you have a hatchback, no. no. 
but well, I, I think it, I think it's a good looking hatchback to be fair. Mm. I, I've seen a few of these high undies around and they mm. are growing on me. Yeah. I think, they're, I think, they're I think they've got pretty good road presence. They're so yeah. low, wide, and they, the, aggressive. Like um, the thing that like when we were making the decision on these guys, the reason why I jumped at the high undie pretty quickly was because it grew onto me from the fact of like its presence in the WRC this year. Yeah. And just yeah. how dominant they've been. It's like, okay, I'm sold on that high undie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're a good car. Just, mm. In general, I'm liking these high Yeah, it's like, uh, just look at the pictures of that would say. Yeah. I like I like the car. I wouldn't have it in that blue, though. I don't know. I yeah, like I quite like it. I think blue. that blue's quite nice. Mm. But, uh, Something got, different, isn't it? Yeah. I've got the uh, Renault Megane RS. Uh, so I'm quite, I'm a big fan of the RS, like, uh, Renaults, like the uh, Clio Sport and the... Um, Twingo. Uh, yeah. Twi- <laughs> 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 I'm just going to move on. on. <laughs> We're just going to carry We're on. Gonna We're going to leave that. We're going to hear. That's not going to happen. Uh, 280 brake horsepower, 288 pound feet of torque, a top speed of 158 miles an hour, not 155. All coming out of a 1.8 litre uh, four cylinder turbocharged engine, 60 manual front wheel drive, same as the other two. Hey. 0 to 60 in 5.8 seconds. All of that will cost you £28,500. Uh, it's also got independent steering, axis front suspension, a limited slip diff, uh, Brembo brakes, adaptive cruise control, um, active emergency braking, full LEDs all the way around, and carbon black cloth interior. I am a big fan of the way the Renault looks. I, I actually quite like this. Mm. I like the sports oh. seats it's got in it. With the red trim and everything, and then I, the back I have of it, always I been, I have always been a f- mad with every version of like an RS version. Yep. Of a <laughs> I'm I've with you on that. Always like the seats. Yeah, because it just looks sick. I just think it looks great. I, mean, I just think there's also the exterior of this car. I, I love the, the back. back of it. Oh my say, just god! Just look at the back of that car. It's already won best back <laughs> <laughs> in my books. Is rear far. of the year, anyone? <laughs> oh, that, that car beats Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it just looks great. And to be fair, for a yellow, I'm not usually a big fan of yellow cars. It works on this yeah. Renault. Mm. It's just for a Renault RS. It's because Renault have just sort of made yellow their colours. Like, right, yeah. this is ours. Go away. This is our <laughs> colour. It's on our F1 team. It's on all other test cars. Yellow. Mm. No, I'm a big fan of it. I'm yeah. Renault, done it really Good well. Good job. One. Good job is yeah. Mm. And I just like the also the front fog lamps on these as well. Yeah. The bumper. In They're like not the f- like in trying to represent like a flag. It That's what I was thinking. Like the Finnish flag. Yeah, it's just, it's trying to do a Finnish flag, and it's they're all just squares like offset from each other it just looks great and i love mm. it and then also the rims on it as well can we just have a minute to just to appreciate the mm. rims on this it's multi-spoke with black and like redder lines going in between yeah. i think it just looks for because, stock rims yeah. for, sto- yeah, like, for stock rims because i'm gonna say like to some people the red axis is probably gonna be a bit strange but i feel that works with them again what the the red axis yes. in the wheels yeah. i feel that works with it yes definitely I just totally sort agree. of how out there the car is it's and it just runs with this the in- make it more out there with the mm. interior isn't it? like oh that interior is something special they could have done i think they could have done a little bit more with the actual cockpit the uh dash and stuff like that but the seats and the uh door trim and everything mm. they've done really well yeah the doors because uh you are carbon. going to be snugging them seats oh yes <laughs> and then you're Good. surrounded by all that carbon as well so i mean not exactly in the worst place in the world mm. are you 
I think they could have probably done a little bit more, maybe have a flat bit on the steering wheel to give it like that racing feel vibe, yeah. and maybe just a few more screens and a bit more tech on it. Yeah, around the wheel. But the flappy paddles. It's more sick. of like a sports uh, hatchback. Yeah, mm. I like it. Though. I think Renault, good job, well done. I think it might be the second time saying it, but good job. This is the first be time he said that was for the Twingo. Decision in the minute. God's sake. <laughs> so. Uh, Right. I want to start I'm... by saying value for money. What are we thinking? I'd say Hyundai. Really, it's I the think ge- the, the, the Renault. Then looks the most. But funny. I think I don't. I know the Renault's not the cheapest, but I think you get a lot more for that little bit more on price. Oh, I don't know. Mm. What, if you, what was your uh, brake horsepower? It de- just depends on that quickly. Mine's three hundred and six. Yours is three two hundred and forty-six. Two hundred and forty-six. You're getting a lot, bit more power for a little bit more money. You're getting quicker, mm. 0 to sixty. How, what's your brake horsepower? Sorry, two eighty. Yeah, I think, I think probably for value for money, the Renault I would also agree yeah. is probably your best bet. Because you have the same 0 to sixty as me, and I've got what like twenty more horsepower. Yeah, so. I think it's a great mm. car. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, it's not worth 10K the, yeah, the Hyundai is a great car. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sorry. But I just think the, the Renault, you get the more power in a hatchback, and that's what you're looking for. A hatchback is that fun little runaround car, isn't it? Yeah, mm. you just so, throw about. That, yeah. I do want to start by saying I would actually go out and spend my money on every single one of these. Same. Oh, yeah, I same, would buy totally. all of them. The, the uh, Cooper is just a beautiful, powerful machine. The Hyundai, I just love the look yeah, of it. It's and just, it's not a car you see very often no, either. And when it? you yeah. see one, especially when you see it in the blue as well, yeah. Stands out. And then just the Renault is just, I, I, like I've said before, the, I the love The Renault this. is just what you expect when they make an RS version. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Not the Hyundai is more of a, I think okay, it's a strong, I, I think, expecting that, but that's cool. I think it's a strong newcomer, like a strong mm, yeah. up-and-comer. I think it's great. Yeah, Hyundai-wise. I was going to say, when have they ever done sort of a sportsy blue, hot, uh, hot, uh, hot hatchback? That's sorry. actually been able to compete with everything Oh, yeah. Else. Not from what I can remember. No, not one that springs to mind. Yeah, they've really come out of the blue here and they've impressed. Yeah, I'm mm. going to say, they've done well. And, the and they've Hyundai. not tried to charge people millions for it either. No, it's and reasonable price. Yeah. And the Cooper just it's just I think do we need to oh, say too much about the Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> it is the Cooper has just got that road presence. It's got that mm. look. It's got the power behind it also. It's just an amazing bit of kit. Yeah. Mm. If you had the money obviously. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's your best value for money like we just said because yeah. it's mm. just a bit it's too expensive. I don't know what you're getting more for that amount to be honest. You get you, all you're getting is the more brake horsepower and, and how about exclusive it. it is. Yeah. And the bronze. Well, the bronze is nice. Yeah. The bronze is right. nice. You, to contrast right, I know you just said what you said about you'd want to buy all these cars. You can't. Oh. You've got to buy one of these cars. You've got to go out tomorrow and buy one of these cars. Which one are you buying? Uh, Anyone got anything they want to start with? Nothing's instantly springing to mind. I mean, I think I, I think my first thought was the Megane because of the back and the seats. But then I thought the Cupra has the power. It also has a good interior with some oh, not yeah. as snazzy seats, but they're they're all right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if money was no object, I think I would go with the Cupra. I just love the the matte contrasted with all the little bronze touches and yeah. carbon. Jared, I I'm gonna have to stick with my guns and go with the Hyundai. I've j- it just has grown on me over a yeah. while. It's just like yeah, it's just because of how unexpected of a hatch. Oh yeah, it is. 
See, like coming from a South Korean company that probably don't make very good hatchbacks. So it's like, here, have something good. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I might be coming out of left field here as well, but I'm going to go with the Hyundai. For a hatchback, I don't want something that's as extortionate as the um, as the Cupra. But yeah. I think that the Hyundai, yes, it's got less power than the Renault, mm. but I don't. I think it can make up with that with all the technology it's also got on the car to assist it. Mm. So I think and for that, it's sort of just the uniqueness. Of oh, and also well. it's a very unique car to be driving around, and I think it'd be great just to have as a little run around. So I think I'd be going out and buying the Hyundai if I had to go out and buy yeah, one. Same. But like I say, if money was no object and I didn't have to worry, I'd instantly be going for the Cupra. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I've, I, I think like, everyone here I think would like, with the two decisions, like, money no, like, if money's no object, Cupra. Cupra. Yeah. But, but what would you actually go and buy tomorrow? I would openly go out and buy the high on day. Yeah. I'd happily. See, see, if maybe the Renault had a better interior, I know it's got great specs and everything, but if it had a better interior, maybe I'd buy that one tomorrow. But I think the high on day for what I want is probably going to be... It just ticks mm, all the boxes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So we're we gonna have a clear winner here. I think we've got a two to one vote on the Hyundai anyway, mate. I think no, I'm with you in that money, no object, Cupra. But if I actually had to go yeah. buy one tomorrow, it'd be the Hyundai. So no, I'm, think, I'm totally with I you. I think the South Koreans have done quite well. Yeah, I think yeah. give themselves a pat on the back. Hyundai is uh, the winner by well done on making a car that surprises wash. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Hyundai is winner by unanimous decision. I think yeah. it's yeah. quite good to say. Yeah. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, whatever platform you're listening whether it be Spotify iTunes everything give us a rating uh, leave a review as well and also nothing less than five stars on the rating yeah come on <laughs> yeah, um, track that IP yeah <laughs> so tell your friends uh, anyone who's interested in cars uh, if you want to um, follow us on Twitter or on Instagram it's at Car Week Podcast and if you are listening on YouTube subscribe to the channel and uh, leave a comment and like the video it really helps us grow and everything mm. so uh, yeah sorry we've been gone for so long we just uh bit busy with Christmas time and things coming up but we are back we, we are. should expect another one next week as well unless unforeseen circumstances I think yes. it's probably the best way to put it isn't it yeah. yeah we will try our best yeah we've just yeah we've it coming up to Christmas isn't yeah it? things it, are gonna happen just, things have got in the way we've now managed to pump out a big one yeah how long is it I haven't currently we're at about an hour, an hour and five yeah minutes, so, so definitely double the last couple ones we've been able to pump out so thank yeah. you for listening thank you for sticking by us if you have stuck by us thank you tell your friends all about it we really enjoyed doing these podcasts help mm. us grow and uh yeah thank you for listening bye bye bye